Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Welcome in. I uh, hope everyone's doing well. You're Broncos listening for breakfast. To Scott, Broncos how you doing? for breakfast. We're doing all right, and we're With just Nick getting, Kendall you know, rained Scott on by Kennedy. pollen and, and rain. And uh, I think uh, if Mark's in here yet, he was talking about the storms that came through there. It, it actually kind of dissipated before, so we're okay here. It's uh, starting to feel like spring around here. For sure, for sure. It's feels like it's January 121st uh, here in Seattle because it's just still winter. But uh, maybe that means less wildfire smoke and potential wildfires in the summer. So that's we'll put the glass half full on that one. Always a glass half full with Ethan coming in. Good afternoon, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Hope you're doing well. Luke Wright in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Uh, we also got Connor Klein. Morning, guys. Been trying been trying to go through all these guys we could get, but I'm not really falling in love with any of the guys in the later rounds. Yeah, that's uh, I have a few guys here or there that I tend to like in the later rounds. There's always a few guys, but the issue is it is the later rounds and like, they're later rounds for a reason. That was yep. my comment when I saw that too, Nick. <laughs> yep. It's uh, 64 does kind of feel like a no man's land. I'm sure that there'll be, there's going to be somebody that drops that we're all going to be screaming for at pick 64 that's like, why is that guy there? Take him, take him. And then you see him drop past 64. You see him drop past 75, and then he keeps falling. And it's going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, that's why. The, yeah, after the what, draft. What, what don't we know? Yes. Yep. It's the Jeremiah Wusakoromoa last year heart condition. Uh, it's like, oh, that guy should go in the 20s to 25 range. Falls to 52, uh, 55. So um, something like that will happen, I'm sure. But we'll, fa- we'll fall in love with somebody. Don't worry. Wait, no matter what. And, Nick, when I see later rounds, I think – uh, like later rounds, you know, five, yeah. six, seven. So Connor, we might be able to get you excited about a few guys available at 64. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Doug Freeland coming in saying, good morning, guys. Good to see you, Doug. Uh, cute picture of a dog rocking a hat there. Always about that. EJ also coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. I love all you people. Whoa, Ethan. Or whoa, EJ. Like let's, let's slow down. Love, like lo- lo- loves it. No, thank you so much. We appreciate you, EJ. you people. <laughs> oh god uh us dave also coming in saying buenos dias compadres good morning to you mark rich i don't think i've seen this name in a while uh good morning from reno nevada hopefully it's warmer there than where i'm in um connor also coming in saying starting to really favor the morning shows over the night both very entertaining to listen to but nick and scott are killing it well connor this is a uh this is a double-edged sword well I'll, I'll take the good with the bad here but i'm on two night shows as well so uh uh oh no! Th- thank you so much, Connor. We appreciate that. Um, the morning show's got a different vibe. It's pretty great. I've been enjoying these. We've Scott and pro- Scott and I probably have about God. We got to be approaching a hundred shows. Oh, we passed a hundred a long time ago. We did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I okay. could look it up, but we're we're probably in the one fifty range. Oh my God. Okay. Well, God, that's so many hours of blabbing. I can't even <laughs> comprehend like just the actual time. Um, well, Connor, it's really nice of you to say we appreciate you. Edward coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott, and also. Broncos country, Jeremy, Sean, good Thursday. My Broncos brethren. I don't think I've seen that one. So uh, Broncos brethren. Good to see you. Dave Glassman. In the house com, actually Broncos brethren. Go, go to go daddy or who is and go ahead and register that one. Broncos brethren.com. There we go. I'll take it. Uh, Dave Glassman morning. All Jeremy Bales. Good morning over on Facebook. 
It's Stone Cold Tim. What's up, fellas, over on Twitch? Of course, let's ride. A couple Broncos of Twitch coming in, checking in this morning. I like it. Wow, that's great. I it's great. Tommy Simmer saying best things since IHOP. Um, I, I haven't had IHOP in over a decade. It was after driving across country in one day from Davenport, Iowa, to Denver, and that was the only thing that was open that we could find. So, thank you, IHOP, for being open. Anthony Ortiz, good morning, fellas, in Broncos country. Dehine coming in. Dehine, it's been a second. Good to see you. Good morning, Broncos country. Who drinks their coffee black? Um, Scott does. I like dairy too much. I, yeah, mine. Black. <laughs> Don't judge me. It's... My chocolate milk's darker than that. Yeah, I, I think I added a little bit too much. Um, I add a little milk and a little creamer because I like the, <laughs> I like it that much. I drink my coffee black on the trails. That's about it. Um, God, I'm, I'm feeling exposed now. You guys think less of me. Arthur Eugene over on Twitch as well. Hello, guys. Dom Hamiro. Coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Question, fellas. Awesome. How do you guys feel about maybe getting James Cook? Or is he this or is this one of Peyton's tricks? Because he doesn't say anything at all till it happens. Uh I like James Cook. I think that he is very much a complimentary weapon where he I think he's a good zone weapon and he's a very good pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh much more of a slasher back. I personally, my philosophy on running backs right now is I don't really want a completely specialized running back room, uh, running back by running back. I'd rather raise the floor of the room and get a little bit of redundancy at the position where I'd have a couple guys who are 220 pounds that can run between the tackles because won't lie to you. I'm a little bit. I love Javonta Williams. Very excited about him this year. He's never been a full time back. And I don't know what that looks like. And if he gets hurt, Mike Boone's more of that, you know, 200, 205, 210 pound slashing back. So. Personally, I think I'd rather bring in somebody who's similar to Javante Williams in terms of play style and body type to protect the room if Javante Williams gets hurt rather than adding somebody who is different to the room. But that's just my opinion. I'm okay at 96. Uh, I think he might still be around there at 96. Anything before that I think might be a little bit too early. But if he's there, um, you know, there's there's players that I like just as well. Again, the best player available thing to me, especially in this range, is nonsense. Um, because you know, it's not like you've got a grade of one to five and this guy's a five and then it drops all the way to a four. You're going to have 25 prospects graded within a quarter inch of each other. And then you want to try and fit best available prospect that also fits a need. Mm -hmm. Um, now do you really like this guy? You know, maybe you pass on him at 75 and you're like, okay, well, we liked him at 75. Well, crap. He's still here at 96. Okay. Then we got to take him. Then we got to take him because he's considerably better because everybody we had in the next tier below him we took and you could use him you could use him it's a it's a luxury pick for me though not necessarily a need i do think the broncos do need another running back but it doesn't have to be day two at that high it's a luxury pick that's what i mean i mean a a need you 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 need another running back to fill out the roster but you don't need another contributor at running back so to speak yeah it's, it's it's insurance at this point yeah no doubt about it. Uh, Mark Schrader coming in with the support. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Mark, hope you're doing well, man. I keep seeing you on Facebook that uh, tornadoes are just like whizzing around you. So uh, maybe you need to tell the Wicked Witch to take a day off or something. But uh, stay <laughs> safe, man. It's <laughs> That's wild. I do not miss. Don't blame the Wicked Witch. Don't blame me. <laughs> Did you, I mean, yeah. I've seen Wicked like four times. Oh, okay. Uh, have you ever have you seen Wicked? I've seen Wicked once, but I grew up on Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I so. I uh Wicked makes you change everything you think about the Wizard of Oz. I absolutely mm-hmm. love Wicked. See, I like strong women, just I do. Mm-hmm. And uh and Wicked is pretty awesome. 
Very good. Very good. Uh, are we going to pull up? Never mind. I'm going to make a joke at your expense about like, are we going to have the ad from the, uh, the other shows come up now talking about strong women, Scott, they're, uh, Scott, Scott's wife is one of the sponsors for, um, our other show. So I'm, I married a strong woman myself. So, and my mother, strong woman. So same, same ballpark, Greg Smith. Good evening. Broncos country. Mother's day is coming up guys. Don't forget. Um, good to see you, Greg Smith, uh, DWI guys, LOL. Good to see you. Ryan, uh, Kanagi coming in. Greetings from Blustery Cheyenne. Go Broncos. D Porter. This is one uh, name I don't recognize. So hello to you, D Porter. Hey guys, going in. How do you think the strength of this draft class is overall? Grade from A to F. I think it's probably a C, <clears throat> a C draft. A lot of people will say that it's not as high because I don't think you have like very many true dynamic wide receiver ones. There isn't a superstar running back. There's not superstar quarterbacks. But it's pretty good at the. Uh, edge rusher spot really good at the edge rusher spot you got a few cornerbacks who are interesting um just not a lot of i wouldn't say there's a lot of sizzle which that doesn't bother me but for you know some folks who are looking for um the glam positions maybe they'd be a little less interested also not very good at uh, linebacker at the top there's not like a micah parsons type and there's no position more romanticized than the linebacker now that people understand the devalued nature of the running back except for i was saying except for maybe running back yeah Um, people are starting to get that though um Strength of this draft class overall, there's depth at wide receiver. There's strength at the top at edge. Uh, there's a couple of really good corners. There's strength in the offensive line, uh, especially mm-hmm. on the outside. It's the, it's the, it's kind of a polar opposite of last year. Mm-hmm. Last year was quarterbacks. Wide receivers. Um, wide receiver. Uh, pass catchers in general. Yeah. But there were no edge guys. And there, mm-hmm. were no big, there were no big defensive linemen. This year, there's lots of defensive linemen. And another strength was the interior offensive line. Yeah. Uh, this year, it's the interior defensive line, good tackles, some really good tackles, really good depth at wide receiver, but not necessarily a Jamar Chase out there. Um, and then the quarterback is kind of sketchy. The quarterback position is kind of sketchy. And there weren't, there wasn't great edge prospects coming out, um, you know, other than, I mean, I loved Adafa Owe, um, but he, for me, he was the top edge prospect. And, you know, where would he where would he rank in this class coming out? He'd be sort of in that David Ajabo mold, probably similar to where he went last year, you know, 25 to 30 or so. And this isn't as good a class at the top. I feel like in hindsight, I was a little bit too low on Quiddy Pay. He had a very good season last year and a dynamic athlete as well. Um, But other than that, though, uh, definitely worth talking about. Uh, Mark Schrader coming in. He also said the best two blabbers around. Appreciate you, Mark, for that one. Uh, He says, I like Damian Pierce. Where would you see him going, and what do you think about him? And this has been one of your guys, Scott, uh, Damian Pierce. Craig, this is the I FIU. Do, I do like him. Uh, I like his build because he's round. Um, he's one of those guys that's Wimble. tough to wrap up. He's got you know the balance of a weeble wobble. Yeah. So you know it, it's you see him, he gets hit, and he stays upright and just shifts over to one direction. He doesn't get knocked over. Mm-hmm. So his ability to break tackles and slide off of tackles with quick burst and good vision. Um, I like him a lot. And if you look at, uh, you know, mock NFL mock draft database, they've got James cook at 96 and Damian Pierce at one Oh three. So it's take your pick there. Um, they should be, they should be going around the same area. Meaning, I mean, you never know. It only takes one person to fall in love. James cook, Minnesota Vikings. They take him at 40, you know, you never know. But, uh, for me, I think they're similar. And I, uh, I, I like, I like Damian Pierce's ability to break tackles probably a little bit more than James Cook and his four fours speed. He's not a four three guy. He's not a super blazing fast guy, 
I like, but I do. I do like Damian Pierce. Good shout, Mark. Damian Pierce is one as FIU. He's a good running back, no doubt. Um, something that I like to look at for running backs in general is the yards Damian after Pierce contact. Gators. Oh, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Price. You're thinking of Devontae Price. Yes, Devontae I like Price Damian is Pierce. a little bit taller, a little bit more yeah. fluid, and I do like him as well. Him and Rashad yeah. White are similar to me. Uh, but Damian Pierce is uh is UF, Florida yes. Gators, and he's he's a he's a what do you all call them little fire plugs? You yep. know, he's he's one of those guys. He will make um, Broncos I do, country I do like remember. He'll make Broncos country think of in his prime CJ Anderson. Very short, built low to the ground, maybe not super explosive, uh, but, but he impossible can to get down. Yeah. You know, guys just slide off him. No, 100%. Um, just a name I, I kind of want to give a shout out here to um, a good stat that tends to be predictive from college to the NFL is yards after contact. If you can break co- tackles, in college, you can break tackles in the NFL. And I was kind of going through, I think we talked about it uh, on Tuesday's show, uh, Jordan Reed's mock draft, where the Broncos took Tyler Tyler Algier in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Tyler Algier was second in the NFL in yards after contact in all of college football last year behind Kenneth Walker. Now, I know he's playing that independent uh, schedule with BYU, but they play some big hitters. Uh, BYU, they beat a few big teams last year. So keep an eye out for uh, Tyler Algier last year. 1,143 yards after contract, uh, after contact and uh, 4.16 yards after contact per attempt. That is, that's translatable. And he's, he's the type of running back that I was talking about earlier, 5'11", 225. Uh, if you're going to play light boxes, I got no issue turning around and handing it back, handing it off to that back and letting him get to the second level and making guys miss. Uh, Phil coming in with some stars. Appreciate you, Phil says, I'm not usually here. Uh, don't get to see this show live. Happy to be with you this morning. Well, happy you're here. It says, let's so ride. Much, Hashtag, let's ride. So appreciate you being here, Phil. Thank you for the support. Glad you yes. can make it. Thank you so much, Phil. We appreciate you. Don't be you. a stranger. Don't be a stranger. Absolutely. Uh, Franklin Peterson, good morning, everyone. I wanted to show Mark saying the best two blabbers around, too, because that made me laugh. Uh, Ryan Liston, good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Ryan. Tommy Simmers, Scott and Nick, would you like to see one of our first two picks address running back or special teams returner, or would you lean on late round value? Uh, if anybody you take there is a special teams returner, that's just a surplus. You're not taking them because of that. It's just a feather in their cap. Um, and running back, honestly, if the best player available at pick 64 is a running back, I'm not going to fight it. I think that I, I agree with you to an extent that it is somewhat of a luxury Scott, but this team, because of how Nathaniel Hackett has utilized the spacing on the football field with Aaron Rodgers, and because of Russell Wilson's, I don't want to say avoidance, but just not utilizing the middle of the field as much. You're going to have to figure out ways to impact defenses, to respect the middle of the field, not play as much cover to safety shells and play heavier boxes. And I think the best way to do that is a not leaning on the running game, but a running game that is good enough that other teams have to respect it. And that to me means that if you have a running back there at 64, that you love Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, that you can pair with the Javonta Williams. Fine. That's great. I, I have no issue with that. I don't think Russell Wilson can ever be a 80, 20 split kind of quarterback. I think he's probably got to be closer to 55, 45, maybe 60, 40. And that's fine. Um, I have no issue with that. So if there's a running back there, you love at 64. That's the area where running backs should be coming off the board. The good ones. So, all right, here's the problem I have. Okay. If you're looking, if you're targeting a running back, we talk about pairing with Javante Williams, then we're shipping Mike Boone. Okay. We're, we're, we're shipping Mike Boone. You don't need to use a, you don't need, who has three running backs? I don't need to use a premium pick on a third back. So what you're telling me 
is it was a mistake signing Mike Boone. Mm-hmm. He's not good enough to be a number two, and we have to have a number two, which I'm fine with. Yeah, but we haven't come to that conclusion yet, and all of this talk about a running back at this spot points to that conclusion. Yeah, so, it's just not trusting Mike Boone. Yeah, yeah and that's not that's personal. fine. Listen, yeah. we, we've got we need and we need another guy because Mike Boone ain't it. And if yeah. that's the case, okay. But I don't, you know, I don't know that we're there. And if we are, if we're not, then you don't. Who who has three running backs? You don't need another running back. You know how many I, carries did Mike Boone get last year as a third back? Ten? Not a lot. Yeah. Not a lot. He would have gotten a lot though if there was an injury, which there wasn't, which if, is an oddity. If, if. You yeah. know, if what I yeah. know is I could use another edge, I could use yeah. another offensive tackle. Those are the things I know. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah. I don't want to start drafting for if in the third round. If I know Mike Boone ain't it, okay. Okay. Yeah. I so think- that, that's where I am on this at the running back position. I'm like, I don't. I don't need a third guy, but you know, you could, like I said, that's what, that's what it says to me. If you go running back there at, at 64, Mike Boone's days are numbered. And for me personally, it's, I'm not really, I don't want to depend on Mike Boone. Um, I think if anything, I'd approach him with a contract restructure, maybe give him an additional year, but lower the cap hit because he was brought in for special teams as much as anything. Right. Um, and which and is two and a half, $3 million third down special teams guy. Um, you know, I don't remember who the, the question was before about coming in. It may have been Phil. Um, you know, I, I'd like one of these guys. If if he is my third back, you know, and if I use Boone, I would like him to be able to return punts. Yeah. Uh, I would like to use him in that capacity for sure. Get them on the field, yeah. get their feet wet, get them some experience, shine some of the green off of them and, uh, and use them in special teams. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other part of the conversation for me at 64 is that it's – not about the position. It's about the specific player. I think very highly of Brees Hall and Kenneth mm-hmm. Walker, especially Kenneth Walker. I love Kenneth Walker. God, he is phenomenal running back. Not a lot of tread on his tires too, because of he was playing at Wake Forest before Michigan State led the led college football last year in yards after contact and uh, put together a pretty darn good combine as well. So uh, Kenneth Walker. I've, no, that's number, fine, but I'll, I'll repeat yep, what I said. Yep. It means Mike Boone's days are numbered. Yep, absolutely. Yep, mm-hmm. and he shouldn't, I don't think he should you should not avoid drafting a player because of Mike Boone. It's same thing last year with, and I I can live with that. I can live with that. It's just, you don't need, I don't need a third back. Yeah. I might need a number two. Yep. And that's, that's the discussion. I might need a number two. hundred percent. Shadell Cole Whiting coming in here, waiting, coming in. Good morning. Good to see you. We also got uh, Jason O'Neill saying, finally able to listen live. And it's been a while. Jason, it has been a while. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Cute picture of you and your daughter there. Uh, how's everyone doing? How's life? Good morning, Nick and Scott. I am freezing my buns off. I am so tired of it's been one of the coldest Aprils in Seattle history. Like in 50 years, they're saying it's been the coldest, the lowest lows and the lowest highs. So uh, I am ready for summer to get here. God bless. It's been wearing my winter coats around walks around uh, Green Lake. So it's been rough. Nick and I were talking a little bit of Tombstone before we went live. So Jason, I am rolling. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you can just quote Doc Holiday all day long and annoy the hell out of everybody. Yeah. Um, Wyatt, I'm rolling. Oh, Absolutely. sorry, I just stepped on That's that okay. one. Uh, the, the silent one came in with some stars. Um, if you want to, I want to. We want to say thank you to Jacob Foster as always for the stars, and um, and then uh, might want to bounce back to uh, who I stepped on, Stone Cold Tim. Absolutely. 
Um, we have Stone Cold Tim over on Twitch saying, I think the longer Melvin Gordon is available, the more likely he comes back. Yeah, I would be totally fine with Melvin Gordon coming back. He ran pretty well last year, considering the interior offensive line was having some issues early on. And I keep coming back to the Broncos literally had the highest box number of our highest average number of defenders in the box of any team in the NFL. I should find that graphic and just tweet it out just because then I could reference it all the time. Yeah, um, but back up, share, yeah. share the screen. Yeah. But Four million Broncos, or less sign him. Yeah, I yes, and I think it was Mike Florio on NBC uh, football. I don't remember which company he works for, but uh, he said that his market is two point five million. I I, th- I maybe two years for get more than that. Yeah, I would assume he'd get more than that. He's not going to get the seven million a year that like Chase Edmonds got or whatnot. But I could see him getting like a two year contract for eight million, uh, something like that. I don't know if I'd be interested. It would depend on the structure of the deal, but. Uh, for a one-year deal, I would be happy to bring Melvin Gordon back. And it's not because I don't like Javante Williams. I'd be ecstatic about that. It's just, again, about protecting the room um, and protecting your offense. Uh, EJ coming in saying Trey McBride will break more tackles than Noah Fant did last year. That's a safe bet. <laughs> yeah, God. No. How many one-on-one opportunities can you get against a safety when you are 40 pounds heavier than them and not break the tackle? It's just, I know he's dealing with injury, but it just like doesn't make any sense to me. I digress. Marcus Miranda coming in saying, good morning, guys. I can't wait for the next season to start after waiting for years for a quarterback. We finally have one, and now I can't catch games because I work Sundays. Sad cheers. Well, Marcus, that is a bummer. Um, Sounds like you need a new job. No, that's <laughs> congrats on the, the job and even working Sundays. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, they have this thing called NFL Game Pass where you can go back and watch the games. You just got to put your phone away and uh, make sure that nothing spoils for you. Know, Scott does that often with uh, the... FIFA games over the EPL. So you can do that as well, but it'll be fun this year. Hopefully you work somewhere where you can at least have it on in the background. Yeah, it's uh, it's not too bad. It'll be, it, it'll be fun with that. And uh, well, you know, congratulations for being gainfully employed. That's not something we can say for everybody in this mm-hmm. day and age. So glad you're working. Hope you stay busy. Busy is good. Yeah, exactly. Staying busy in here. Mandango Dan coming in. Good morning from Ecuador, Broncos country. Sorry, I can't share the best coffee in the world with you, but I am enjoying it this morning. Ecuador Maybe coffee, throwing down the gauntlet. Uh, I think Scott is drinking some Costa Rican coffee. So yep, every day, just about every day, Costa Rican. But I need I need cafe bread. I'm waiting for an Easter special. I'm running low on my my stash. I'm like, I don't want buy seven, get one free. I want 30% off and I'll stock up again. Yeah, that's uh got to jump on those deals when they come out. When they when they do it, I'll let everybody know. I'll uh, I'm, I'm about to send them an email and just say, "Listen, come sponsor the morning shows that we do, Cafe Brit, for goodness sakes." Honestly, just send us one bag of coffee a month and uh, all the free publicity you, go. you we'll want. There you go. Cafe all Brit. The, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to exactly. I'm going to clip this and send it to them. Say, "Listen, I've been to Costa Rica. I've been drinking Costa Rican coffee ever since." Oh, man. Did you ever see my my favorite, my all-time favorite SNL skit is the Chris Farley Colombian Coffee Crystals, where he loses his damn mind? No, I, think I've referenced I, haven't, this before. I haven't seen that one. I'll find, I'll find that one. There's, okay. some, there's some good ones in the past, especially with that guy, Chris Farley. Oh, God. Yeah, he was <laughs> he was a maniac. I like the lawyer one. Ethan will get a kick out of this one. Uh, you know, it was a, a mock lawyer ad. DWI guys are lawyer, and it was like, you know you need a lawyer here. And it was Farley coming up. He goes, sure. They had a sign that said no trespassing, but who could see that when you're as drunk as I was. <laughs> God. God, he was so funny. I'm, I miss Chris Farley. I, his, uh, best SNL DVD was one of my favorites. Always. I would watch that a lot in high school. 
Uh, Rob coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Always my favorite MHH team. That's very nice of you to say. Hashtag go Broncos. We appreciate you. Um, Tommy also leaning into the ad. Strong women know what they want. Clean up the mess. Manscaped. Not this week, but uh, we appreciate the shout out. Um, and we got EJ coming in with a question. Uh, Nick and Scott, will the Broncos draft the center to be a better fit in the scheme than Lloyd Cushenberry? I definitely think it's possible. Uh, the Broncos are doing a lot of work on centers right now. And I know that people keep saying that, you know, George Payton's cloak and dagger, keeping everything close to his vest. He's, he's just interviewing these guys to, you know, throw teams off. I don't think it's that maniacal. I think it is they're They didn't get to see these guys yet, or they had a few additional questions to fill out their draft board. So they're bringing them in. Um, I wouldn't read too much into it, but I also wouldn't read nothing into it. If they draft one of those guys, that's because they liked him, but they could just as easily not draft one of the guys they brought in. So doing the work, I definitely think they're looking at centers. I also think that they would be very happy to trade Lloyd Cushenberry for some 2023 day three capital, kind of like how the Broncos added Stephen Weatherly Weatherly last year. They added Kenny Young last year. They were trading away day three capital in future years. I think you're going to kind of see the Broncos on the other end of that this year where they're looking to trade some borderline rosterable players or players they don't like as, as much to other teams to help start accumulating some of that 2023 capital that, that they've lost to date. I expect an interior lineman to be part of this draft. I do just for depth competition. It's not a position of strength right now, and you could absolutely add to it to provide depth and competition to center guard. Absolutely. 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 Carolina lens. Good morning to you, Carolina. We got Mac G bucks coming in. Do you guys think we'll draft another speed demon in the draft? Somebody like John Mechie. Uh, I love John Mechie. I don't know if I would classify him as like a true speed demon. He has got some speed. I also love John Mechie's blocking and route running. He's a very good player i think he'd have gone probably in the top 50 it wasn't for his acl now you might be able to get him an entire round later so uh, keep an eye on him i wouldn't hate him at all for denver but uh yeah definitely possible i think the speed demons you're talking about more so that i know the broncos brought in for an interview uh talking about you know the visits they brought in the the baylor kid who had the fastest 40 in the entire draft was taekwon Taekwon Yep. They brought him in. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could even use a Calvin Austin, the third, if they want to get some true dynamic speed. Have um, Velas Jones come in and return kicks and punts. Velas Jones. You know, he's a little bit older, but you know what? If I'm going to get him in the sixth round and give him $2 million over four years and he's going to be a weapon for me. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. I'm totally fine with that. It's just, it's drafted player season. You know, I'm not super, super picky. As long as they fit the scheme and the culture, I got no issue with it. Uh, Paul Moore coming in saying first time chatting with my favorite MHH team. Thanks for the diversion. Well, we're glad to give you a little bit of diversion. That's, that's what this is, right? Sports, a distraction from everyday life and a sense of community, which, you know, humans crave. And uh, it's a lot of fun to just get really angry and upset and animated about things that, you know, don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. That's, that's, that's what it's all about. That's and if we can give you guys a little bit of relief, we're not, you know, solving any major crises or anything, but I like to think that, you know, making the the world just a little better place. Um, and hopefully you guys are enjoying it as well. Kevin coming in. Thank you so much, Kevin. Hope you're doing well. Hopefully I've answered all your uh, DMS. I feel like I've, I've passed out last night, at like nine. So who knows? Uh, <laughs> Kevin, I think people are forgetting one big factor when it comes to the draft, bad teams, decisions, and reaching bet on human error. You will always win bet on, uncertainty as well right it's, mm-hmm. it's entropy in the draft everything leans towards chaos over time uh so there's no sure things and some teams will make some bone, uh, boneheaded decisions but there'll be some decisions that were like oh that was boneheaded and then five years from now i'll be like oh yep 
genius. I remember a lot of people when the Chiefs traded up for Patrick Mahomes, they were like, oh, why would they do that? They just made the playoffs with Alex Smith and they gave up multiple first round picks for a, a guy from an air raid school, the Texas Tech that hasn't done anything. Who's laughing now, right? Like, so we won't know until we know, but uh, don't jump too quickly immediately after the draft to point and laugh at some uh, a team because they might have it right. I always said um, about, you know, the prognostication and I was doing college football for God's sakes. You know, yeah. they make NFL fans look reasonable and rational, especially when dealing with recruiting. And uh, I always said, at least let me be wrong before you tell me that I am wrong. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And that, and that's what I'll say. I'll say, I don't like this pick now and I won't, we won't change. That's the thing. If we go back, I mean, I can tell you, I won't change. I'm, I'm still railing on Thomas Dimitrov for trading five picks away for Julio Jones in 2011. I I've got one of those Irish grudge carrying genes in, in, in my body. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll tell you what we think and then we'll see how it shakes out. But that's what's so much fun. That is what mm -hmm. is so much fun about the draft. Benjamin yeah. Flores coming in says, howdy from Phoenix, Arizona. Keep up the good work. Thank you, sir. You Jason Hawkins as well. Good morning. Broncos country. Let's ride. And uh, Stone Cold Tim says, I'm going to miss your, speaking of mine, facial expressions when doing the Manscaped ads. They'll be back uh, beginning of May. They'll be back. And um, I had it together until they talked about smelling like fresh tulips. And then it was, the, I didn't know that one was coming. And that one, that one was too much for me. You just got to lean into it. Um, and Mac G Bucks, he said, I'm talking about the Alabama wide receiver. I think you might be mixing up J uh, John Mechie with Jameson Williams, who is the speed demon. John Mechie's fast too. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, like Jameson, no, Williams, Jameson is, Williams is, is, the, uh, the, is speed the faster guy. one of that bunch. Yes, the speed guy. Mm -hmm. We also got Ethan peddling his linebacker propaganda in here. I, Ethan and I don't agree on the linebacker position, mm -hmm. which is fine. That's fun. Um, he says, Mumar Anderson at 64. Honestly, I'm fine with that. No complaints here. Hell, let's toss in Leo Chanel for that matter. I'm I am okay with that at pick 64. Talking about taking a linebacker at pick nine, I don't know. Uh, that was an earlier discussion. Heck, you could see it sounds like I'm there's starting to be more and more talk here that Nicobe Dean might be falling to middle round two, late round two. Um, apparently he has a hip issue as well as not being a dynamic athlete and not having major size. So he could be falling. And that's the area where it's like, okay, Nicobe Dean, I know you have some limitations. Your tape is awesome. You're a dynamic leader. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I'll be happy about that at 60. I think he could be a Zach Thomas guy. Um, you know, for comps in the back in the day, Zach mm -hmm. Thomas uh, played Dolphins and Cowboys, I believe. Um, similar size, similar attitude, similar striking ability, similar leadership, all of that type of stuff. Um, is Zach Thomas worth a 64? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, for me, Anderson. I'm a Troy Anderson truther on, on this one. I like him better than Chad Muma. Um, we'll see how that shakes out. Chad Muma could be all everything and Troy Anderson could be flamed out in, in two years and say that, that Kennedy guy's an idiot. Um, yeah, try and pro uh, prognosticate enough. You're going to have some bad takes. You're going to have some misses, but for right now, Troy Anderson's my guy. I like him as much as any inside linebacker in this draft. I really do. Oh man. I don't know if I like him as much as, uh, oh gosh, his name's now escaping me. Utah. Devin uh, Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. Devin yeah. Lloyd. I picture him as a Micah Parsons role, though. A lot of his best plays are coming off the edge, or when he's walking up, when he's walking up to the line of scrimmage and going coming from the outside. I might um, like that with Troy Anderson, though, because of his athleticism. Like, yeah, what I projects know. the I best? Know, but as is... far as like pure inside sideline to sideline guy, yeah. I like Troy Anderson as a traditional inside linebacker. I like Troy Anderson as much as anybody in this draft. And just talking a little bit of linebacker and football game theory, uh, I think that. 
we obviously, I would rather have a linebacker that is so good against the run and filling in the box that you don't have to play an additional linebacker and have to lean on the smaller athletic lineback- linebacker to play there. You know what I'd rather have than the smaller athletic linebacker? A defensive back. So if I can have a linebacker that is so good in that area of the field where I don't need an additional linebacker, that's great. And that's why somebody like well, Leo Chanel, he's not a great coverage linebacker. He is massive. He is athletic. He is explosive coming downhill. He is so good in that area of the field that if you want to play a 210-pound safety next to him instead of another linebacker, God bless. I think you can do that. Uh, so that's, again, it's 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 kind of like the value of like, oh, nose tackle that doesn't rush the passer. No, that's tired. Wired, nose tackle that's so good at eating up blocks that you don't have to play linebackers or as many defensive backs and you can live in a two-high shell. That's impacting the pass game, uh, even though it's not directly as a pass rusher or whatnot. So stuff to think about as far as uh, game theory and where defenses are going in today's NFL. If you guys don't like how defenses are being played, I guess another thing you can blame Vic Fangio for because it's he's been the uh, the godfather of what a lot of teams are trying to do right now. Wyatt Horning coming in saying, as long as we get a serviceable or starter at right tackle and defensive line, I'll be happy ready for meaningful football this season. Just bummed. No way games are near me. Uh, man, I cannot wait for the Broncos to come to Seattle. I, please football gods, please. I'm calling upon you. Do not let the Broncos come to Seattle when I have to go to a wedding this fall. I will be so upset. Uh, Cause then I can't go, but um, oh, please. Uh, but I, so you're, back- you're obviously not from the South. I, you can't have weddings on Saturdays. In yeah. the South well, just, in the fall, fall Saturdays. I actually, I got married on September 3rd and I moved it to a Sunday for that reason. I got married on a Sunday night and what I never considered was anniversaries every freaking year. September 3rd was coming on like opening day of this. Now, mm-hmm. honestly, now <clears throat> 25 years later, I don't care as much. I'm like anniversary means more to me than whatever it was. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, we're going out to dinner. I'm like, but Okay. <laughs> Every year, never crossed my mind. Uh, Bama X coming in saying, good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you. FC Donnelly saying, I fully believe Edger Corner will be the pick at 64. Definitely impossible. Tackle. Watch out for tackle, FC Donnelly. I think that could be a good pick too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, heck, the Broncos could go almost any way, and I'm not going to be too upset with it if if it's the right player. It's more about the individual player than it is the position at 64. Uh, Ashton coming in saying, morning, good to see you. And Randy saying, offensive tackle or tight end would be a better choice at 64. Ideally, you're walking away with a starter at a value position, which is offensive tackle, edge rusher, or cornerback. Uh, But 64, if you can get somebody who can help you right away, then that's fine. Dom saying, tackle or edge for sure. So I'm, I'm definitely leaning into the the trenches as well. Uh, Mark Schrader coming in with support. Thank thank you so much. Um, what are your thoughts on Jojo Doman in the later rounds? Seems he might have uh, some flexibility. I like Jojo Doman. Uh, he's played the, oh God, what's the name of the position? It's not the star backer. It's like another position. Yeah, where they, they name them all different. Yeah. For that, that roaming role, that Rover. Yeah, he's, I think Rover's a good call for it. He mm-hmm. is a linebacker safety hybrid type. And he's a pretty darn good athlete and fluid in space. I like him. He's a heat seeking missile. And this is much nicer. You'll hear from me. Unfortunately, Nebraska has three really good players in this uh, draft that are worth talking about. And Cam Jorgens, Cam Taylor Britt, who I actually really like. And uh, Jojo Doman. Jojo Doman's maybe my least favorite. And it's because, well, I do think he can be a good coverage linebacker that kind of play the overhang position. He doesn't have great length. And I think that's something where for his athleticism and position, I also need to have, tremendous length uh, to occupy lanes, to get hands on guys crossing and to be able to trip up guys uh, that get the ball middle of the field, trying to make after the catch stuff. So 
Jojo Doman, a little bit shorter arm length, still a good player. I think he's going to go somewhere round three to round four. If he's there round five, then I'm about it. I think I'm going to be able to find players that I like more personally at pick 115 and 116 than Jojo Doman. Uh, but good player if the Broncos take him. I get it. And I think he's going to be a very good special teams player as well. And this was a discussion we had yesterday when I mentioned that, you know, Calvin Austin had really long arms, um, you know, and a, and a wingspan and big hands. His hands are the same size as Doman. Calvin Austin, 5'8", 170 pounds. Uh, he's got a longer wingspan, longer arms, and same size hands. And this dude's 6'1", 230. So I meant relative to his size. Yeah. Calvin Austin is a 6'1 guy in a 5'8 body. Um, it's, you know, so he, he's... And it, Calvin Austin is an interesting pick to me. Uh, and, and I was thinking that too, Nick. The 115, 116 range where you go back to back, maybe, maybe yeah. a guy like him falls to 145 and you could get him in the fifth round. And that'd be a pretty good value pick right there. Mark, uh, appreciate the support as always, my friend. Thank you so much, Mark. Jason saying, hey, Nick, can you elaborate on your Twitter post? Um, this was yesterday. I made just a joking post because every single mock draft that's being sent to me right now has either Troy Anderson, <laughs> Chad Muma, or Trey McBride in it. And, uh, or Utah players, blah, blah, blah. And it was just a joke at the proximity of Broncos country and everybody wanting to take the local kids. And maybe that's good for some folks with the narratives. I could give a bleep if the guy came from Mars, if he can play football and isn't committing crimes, um, then I'm, I'm fine with him. Uh, so, you know, like that's, that's what it is. And it's just like, I saw multiple mock drafts and it's what we're talking about today as well. Oh, Trey McBride and he's local kid. I don't care. The local kid doesn't mean anything to me. It's kind of like a people screaming for Philip Lindsay to come back. Can he play ball? Well, he's really light. He can't pass protect. He's not really a good run, uh, pass catcher and uh, struggles in outside of the duo lead with a fullback kind of runs in these days. I don't care. He's local. Can he play? So that's what it was about. It was just uh, digging a little bit at Broncos country, considering the overhype for the proximity college prospects to Denver. Phil coming back in. Says, hey, my dad attended Iowa. I went to Nebraska and then worked for the Buffaloes for 12 years. Nice to, you know, you, you got all kinds of family ties then. Um, now I'm in Tucson. Of these teams, who do you feel has the best draft prospects? Can only imagine my stress on Saturdays. I think historically, if we're talking about Colorado, Nebraska, Iowa, I think Iowa probably does the best job of developing and sending guys to the NFL out of that group. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, since Kirk Ferentz has been there, Iowa's done a great job of developing specifically offensive linemen. Um, they find quarterbacks and tight ends and defensive linemen that uh, were kind of, you know, not really highly recruited. And they're like, listen, you got the body type and the moxie where we're going to switch mm -hmm. to the offensive line and we're going to make you some money in the league if you follow along. Uh, and they've done that pretty often. So um, they definitely do a good job of developing talent. I mean, Nebraska, this is, somebody's going to clip this on me. I'm never going to be able to get over it. But obviously, Nebraska has the history. I don't think mm -hmm. Nebraska is ever coming back to what they were, given the dynamics of population and playing in the Big Ten and where football is at right now. But, you know, nobody can take away that run that Nebraska had. No, I'll say it again, 90s. Nick, real, real quick, is the two teams that are hurt the worst by the television industry, everybody being on TV and everybody going to bowls, are Nebraska and Tennessee of the the former powers because they don't have a decent recruiting base to try and draw players mm -hmm. and am i going to go down into texas as nebraska and beat out some of these teams now you're losing guys like that to baylor where you never used to in in the past it's like why why would i want to drive why would i want to be eight hours from home to go to nebraska 
when I can be on TV every single week and my mom and dad can come see me play at Baylor and I'm going to a bowl game. Yep. So um, 85 scholarships, television for everybody, bowls for everybody has hurt some of those teams that didn't have a national uh, recruiting base. Most specifically for me, Tennessee and Nebraska. Yeah, I I was listening to a podcast the other day about the dynamics of population in the United States right now. And a lot of people are moving from the Gulf Coast area, specifically New Orleans and Texas area, uh, to Tennessee. Um, so I'm curious if Tennessee's population dynamics will change Mike, a bit. That Memphis, could change Memphis things. That's a solid. Um, Katrina was the first blow on that. Now we're getting into yep. dynamics on this. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Louisiana used to be California, Texas, Florida, Ohio, Georgia, six. Louisiana used to be sixth in uh, pro producing D1 talent. After Katrina, they moved down and Alabama moved up. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those players came in. So could be some of that as well. But uh, a full 50% of all Division One prospects come across that South Corridor over to Texas. So I think and, I remember reading. The, the population ain't changing. Nobody moves north. Nobody. Nobody moves north. People might come into the country in the north, but they move south. Not me. Too hot. I can't stand the heat. I got to get out of the kitchen. Uh, Michael Ronquillo <laughs> coming in. You moved north. You moved west. I moved Nobody north. moves north. I, oh, I yeah, say. I'm going to go. Um, we're moving to Michigan. No, you don't hear that from anybody in the south ever. No, yeah, not so much uh, from the south. But uh, it's warmer here. But we are. In, I'm, I am farther north. Latitudinally. Latitudinally. Is that a word? Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in. Speaking of south, down there in Tucson. Good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you. Edward coming with a question. Are you guys worried about Russell Wilson's sacks? He takes a lot. It can't all be on the Seahawks offensive line. Um, I am not worried about the sacks as a issue in the game i am kind of worried about them as far as his long-term health just because the more hits you take every time you take a hit there's a chance it could be the one or a bad one uh but it's a it's a part of his game he's looking and i call it greediness some players have greediness within the pocket and russell wilson has greediness as far as trying to escape to create big plays and a lot of his big plays are predicated on the broken play so that's something that a lot of people who are russell wilson detractors say that his play style isn't sustainable for the older type of player because so much of his game is dependent on the broken play outside of structure. And that just, as you get older, obviously you don't have that as much. So we'll see how that plays out. That's kind of an interesting storyline to follow, but some of it is on Russell Wilson. No doubt. I don't mind the sacks sacks are not great, obviously, but as long as it's coming with big explosive plays down the field, then I, sign me up. And also as long as it comes with him protecting the football, not turning it over. I'm okay with that. Ethan coming in. Would rather have Otten over McBride. Uh, Forty-three minutes. We can get to our topic. Trey yeah. McBride. Um, no, we mentioned him a little bit earlier. Um, but at tight end, what do you think? Uh, tight end one, because one of these guys could be the first tight end off the board. I think Jelani Woods is in there personally, um, yeah. as as being a one of those guys that come off the board first. But um, what do you think, Nick, about uh, about Ethan's proposal here? It's I would. In a vacuum, I'd rather have Trey McBride, but if the conversation is Trey McBride at 64 versus Kate Otten at 116, hallelujah. Give me Kate Otten. I uh, think very good player. I think people are uh, sleeping on him because he was injured this last year, but he's got really good tape at Washington. I think he's a better blocker than Trey McBride as well. Uh, so, yeah, I really like I really like Otten. I think he is got a chance to be as good as any tight end in this class. He's not extremely dynamic as an athlete, but he's got a little bit more size and uh, inline projectability than McBride. And the Facebook user, not sure who this is, but uh, comes in. If Trey McBride was a Hawkeye, Nick would love him. Um, you're absolutely right. I would love him. But just like the Broncos in the 2019 draft, 
I was not banging the table for them to take Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson because I don't think the tight end position is that valuable. And if you get one, I'm going to try to talk, talk it up in my own head because I'm hoping for the best outcome for the Broncos. But if you go back, I was not screaming for that. I was screaming for quarterbacks and I was screaming for interior defensive linemen. I, there was not a live stream back then, but if you guys remember the podcast, I'm building the Broncos every single show. There was at least a 10 minute segment of me declaring my love for Jeffrey Simmons. I loved, loved Jeffrey Simmons uh, as a player. Absolutely incredible talent. One of the top five interior defensive linemen in the NFL now. Wanted to make sure we said hello to uh, Patrick Havener. See Patrick Havener. Thank you for the support, my friend. Uh, and the stars. And <clears throat> you mentioned tight end. What about edge? Would you give up 64 and 75 uh, to get Boye Mafe, edge rusher at 35? Yeah. I would, if that's all, if that's all it took. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You're, you already are, you're pulling away from picks that you need, but Mafe, I think is a first round caliber edge. I know he's a little bit older, but you need to add some pass rushers and raise the floor of that room. And it's also Mafe gives you a card in your pocket for negotiating with Bradley Chubb after the season. Uh, you don't have to come from a position of weakness when you have essentially a first round pick at edge coming behind him. So Yes, I would be fine giving up 64 and 75 to move up to 35. I think it's going to take more than that, personally, uh, to get up all the way to 35. But uh, yes, sign me up. Yep, that was easy for me also. I think um, <clears throat> it would cost you much more than that to get up to yep. 35 um, yep. than 64 and then 75. I think if you were on the phone, they'd say, no, no, no. Throw in next year's third round too or something like that. I don't think you could get up that high with that pick. So yeah, I would do that one in a hurry. Yeah, absolutely. So like, let's get into it. Um, we're talking Trey McBride today. Uh, Trey McBride has been mocked to the Broncos by multiple big wigs in the NFL draft circle. Um, probably the biggest of wigs. And I mean that as a joke, uh, Mel Kuyper with the amazing hair, um, mocking the Broncos, Trey McBride at pick 64 and, uh, Mel Kuyper's, and that's in his latest mock, it just came out yesterday. And he said, uh, McBride is more advanced as a pass catcher than UCLA tight end Greg Dolchich, which is what the Broncos need with new quarterback Russell Wilson. With Noah Fant off to Seattle, the target there are targets available. McBride had 90 catches for 1,121 yards last season. He could stretch the seams in Denver. I don't know if Trey McBride is going to be stretching many seams. Um, and I think he's a fine athlete on tape, but I don't think he showed the body around a 5'2". A four five two forty or something. Yeah, he was at, four fives, I think, which is you know really good. Don't get it wrong. Yeah, he doesn't look like that to me um, on tape. That made me actually go back to the tape. I'm like, okay, he's and part of it is Adazio's scheme. Part of it is Colorado State's quarterback was not very good. But I just think that Trey McBride, he's fine. And at pick sixty four, I'd be okay with it. I'd give it probably a C plus or B minus. Um, but I don't think it's a home run, no doubt pick that uh, a lot of people are making it out to be just because I don't think we need to overvalue the tight end position. They either have to be, and I want, I'd, it's kind of the opposite of running back where I want kind of a jack of all traits with that singular body type. I want very specialized uh, skill sets at the tight end position. The Broncos kind of already have that. Um, you have Eric Tomlinson, number two rated pa uh, run blocking and pass blocking tight end in all of football last year. The Broncos want to make teams play guys in the box. You put in Tomlinson, who's essentially a six offensive lineman. You can do that. Or if you want to play big slot or make sure that you have a lot of speed on the field, Albert Okoibanam is essentially a big slot tight end right now with his uh, pass catching concerns or his uh, run blocking concerns. So I, the tight end room, yes, it's not a great tight end room, but that doesn't matter. It's like, do I have the world's, do I pay for the world's best toothpaste? 
No, I have good enough toothpaste that's getting the job done. You know, it's <laughs> nine of 10 dentists recommended. That's fine. I don't need to spend a premium on every single position. It's because not every single one you're going to get the same return on investment on. So <clears throat> my question on here is, it, to me, it, sometimes it just seems a little bit lazy. Um, it's like, okay, I have to do a mock draft. I know by reading headlines as a national guy, I know that the Broncos just traded away Noah Fant, so they need a tight end. Well, they have his replacement. His his replacement's Albert Okwebenam. So let's say Albert Okwebenam played for the Cowboys last year, and the Broncos signed him as a free agent. Would you still then be mocking Trey McBride to the 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 uh, to the Broncos in this spot? You know, no, you wouldn't. So why are people forgetting about that? They're like, oh, they lost a starting title. Well, they ha they have his replacement built in. So. I don't need another pass catching tight end when I've got other needs at this spot. So <clears throat> this isn't where I would go either. Uh, I could live with it. I'd be okay with it. But unless you're living in a two tight end set and passing to both of them a lot, I'd rather get a guy. And Nick, you already said they got this guy. I'd rather get a guy that's basically a hybrid offensive tackle that can come in and block for me. That's who I need. And those guys are cheap. You get those guys. Those are glorified walk-ons and undrafted free agents that are going out in there and running their heads into the wall for a paycheck. Yep. And that's Eric Tomlinson, uh, one of the best blocking tight ends in all football um, for Baltimore the last few seasons. He is massive as well. So if you are the tight end for me right now is more about manipulating defenses, personnel wise and coverage wise with the skill sets that you have out there. So that way your quarterback has less questions in the pre-snap uh, analysis phase. So I'd be fine with not taking a tight end at all. Um, I, I do think that walking away with one day three would be a good investment, whether that be somebody that can compete with Andrew Beck as that fullback tight end hybrid or somebody who can, you know, fill in the back of the room. But I just don't think it's, it's obviously a position of weakness on the Broncos, but is it, is that weakness so much that it's hurting your overall value of the offense? I don't think so. I think you're going to get, I honestly think you're going to get a bigger difference on your, team impact this season if you brought in a running back or a center to compete with Lloyd Cushenberry than you are a tight end. Uh, so again, just I don't think it's that super valuable for this Broncos team with what Hackett's done and with what Russell Wilson's done historically. David Carmelo coming in. $5. Good to see you, David. Uh, would you guys be okay with the Broncos taking James Cook in the third? That's a real chance he could be the best option at 75. Probably not at 75, but as Scott said earlier, 96. Yeah, that's that's okay with me. Right now, the only two running backs that I really would like day two are Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall. Uh, after that, you know, I think there's plenty of options that should be able to do what you want them to do day three, that you could bring in a developmental player on the defensive line, another cornerback, an offensive tackle, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that can probably give you more value than the other running backs in this class. But uh, James Cook in 96, that's essentially a day three pick. I'd be okay with it. 75, not for me. Yeah, 75 is too high for me. Um there will be other options available at 75 uh, that can address these. Again, uh, going back, David, to what we were saying earlier was if you're using a top 100 pick on a running back, kiss Mike Boone goodbye. That, yeah. that, that To me, that means you don't have faith in Mike Boone. I'm not paying this guy up to $3 million to be a third, uh, a third back again and not get used, not play. And I'm not using a top 100 pick on a guy that I'm not planning on playing as insurance for a third running back. So – you see a running back going in the top 100. It means the Denver Broncos do not have faith in Mike Boone. Yeah. Yep. And uh, he's kind of like how I was feeling about 
I guess, like Jamar Johnson uh, before we signed Caden Stearns or before we signed Kareem Jackson. Um, it's like, he's here. If he does anything, it's icing, but you don't want to go in the season depending on him. I'm really uncomfortable right now, depending on Mike Boone, given we don't know Javonta Williams ability carrying the rocket a high volume. He didn't, not only did he not do that last year in the NFL, he didn't do it in college. So I just want to protect the room, protect the offense uh, in that regard. Um, back to Trey McBride though, uh, NFL.com's Chad Reuter also uh, projected Trey McBride to the Broncos. He actually had Trey McBride going to the Broncos at pick 64 and then Troy Anderson at 75. So really leaning into the local players. Um, I'd be fine with that. Honestly, that's, that's both good picks. I know you really love Troy Anderson there. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of projection there at 75, given he, he hasn't played the linebacker that much and keying and taking on offensive linemen and running backs in big sky is a lot different than uh, the NFL, but still athlete and, because he was, you know, Mr. Football, running back quarterback. I'm not worried about the intelligence of the drive for football. So I'm fine with that. But as far as Trey McBride goes, Chad Reuter said, uh, sending away the first and second round picks to Seattle for quarterback Russell Wilson means that barring a trade, Broncos will be silent until their 64th selection, uh, which was gained by sending Von Miller to the Rams. They own four picks, four of the next 51 picks, though, and would be would do well to pick Trey McBride as their initial choice because he's a reliable target and an okay blocker in the run game. Not a super ringing endorsement, but no, um, that's I, I, I love it when they do these and they're like, well, it makes sense, but I don't really like him. Um, okay, well, if you don't like him, why do you think they would? Um, do I need, <clears throat> again, do I need a reliable target? I mean, yeah, but don't I have some? You yeah. know, again, if I, where is he on the pecking order on, on, on Broncos skill guys? Sutton, Okawebanom, Patrick, Judy, uh, Javante. I put KJ Hamler above him too. KJ, <laughs> there's six. I need to use a, a second round pick on a guy that comes in seventh on the food chain. No, 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 no. Yeah. And I guess it is like, you know, there is the argument for the veteran quarterback, giving them a ridiculous uh, amount of weapons. You know, did the Patriots need to bring in Rob Gronkowski when they had Cameron Brayton, OJ Howard there? No, but it helped their veteran quarterback. And uh, if that's something that you think you can do with the older quarterback, giving them as many menu options as possible at any time, that would be, I, I could get behind it. I just, I think there are better ROI opportunities later in the draft than Trey McBride at 64. I just dating back, how much work did you do on tight ends last year, Scott? Not much. I mean, no. other than, you know, the one. Okay. Kyle I, Pitts. Uh, Pat Fryermuth um, from Penn State went middle of the second round to Pittsburgh. I like him better than Trey McBride. I think he's a better yeah, blocker. Um, and I a... talked with, uh, I, I interviewed um, Mark Brennan, Penn State at uh, fightonstate.com, and he loved Fryermuth. Loved him. Yeah. Uh, talked Very about good. all of the great things he did, you know, from a team captain's point of view and all these things. Uh, loved him. And then uh, Jeremy coming in with two guys I really like Matt Woletsko, North Dakota State. Braxton Jones, Southern Utah, 115, 116. If somehow you don't get Abraham Lucas a little bit higher, would love those picks. Would love yeah. them. I'm a big fan of I'm, I'm a big fan of, excuse me, both of those guys. Yeah. Um definitely Braxton Jones. I could see Braxton Jones. You might need to use pick 96 to get him. Um, but Walesco, given his frame, he's probably going to be available 115, 116. Because uh, yeah, he light at 315. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but it's just because the body type. Right? I know, like, I yeah, know. Yeah. It's just great. Every time I hear myself say it, I'm like, that just sounds so stupid. Yeah, he but he's got the he, body he type. He, he could use a little bit, um, a little bit more weight. Uh, Max Mitchell at 115. No, Max Mitchell's down in the seventh round for me, if not undraftable. Yeah, uh, he's again, not a good enough athlete. 
that could be one of those awful takes later on, but um, I don't, I don't like match. I wouldn't draft Max Mitchell at all. Period. He uh, did not do so hot at the senior bowl. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, we got uh, Joe Turner coming in saying, Hey Nick, how would you feel about the cornerback from Nebraska? Cam Taylor Britt getting drafted by Denver. I'd be ecstatic. I really like Cam Taylor Britt. I think he is probably, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes before the Broncos pick at 64, uh, given some stuff that I've, my opinion of him and some stuff I've read about him. So uh, yeah, I really like Cam Taylor Britt. I don't care that he went to Nebraska. It's more of a razzing of the Nebraska fans more than anything, but uh, I'll take their good players all day in Denver. I have no care about that. So Cam Taylor Britt, sure. Um, good player could be, could be the Broncos pick at 64, a good tackler, good length also, which I think is super important for those cornerback positions and a pretty smooth mover. He's not a crazy athlete, which if he was, he'd be going in the first round, hmm. but I think he's got a chance to be a, a legitimate starting cornerback in the NFL. And that's what and, you uh, and, and where is, you know, where is he ranked in that area? As far as, uh, you know, where could you pick him up? And if you can get a starter, you know, even, even a, a good, substitute good depth you know you're going to be playing six dbs a lot if you can get him on the field in in sub packages um where might you be able to get him he'll be competing with michael ojimudia as the first guy off the bench i think he does have some inside outside versatility and with his tackling and length you're going to be able to find usage for him Uh, but he's probably competing with ojimudia as the first cornerback off the bench when inevitably ronald darby pulls a hamstring or something and misses you know four to six games and he's 114, so he's right in that that neighborhood of uh, of your 115, 116 pick, maybe 96 if you really like him. And I'm looking at Dane Brugler here. He has him uh, about – he has him as a second or third grade. I think he has him about 60 overall. So he's – some people really like him. So I like this guy, uh, Tariq Woolen. Um, I don't know if he can walk and chew gum at the same time, but my God, what an athlete. Um, yeah. I could find a place for a 6'4", 205-pound guy that runs 4'26 and jumps 42 inches. We'll start a we'll start a 3v3 basketball league. We'll do something. I'll find something with, with him. Uh, you want to talk about a special teams traits guy? Let him block punts. Let him block kicks. Let him be a gunner. Let him do something. But bring in a guy like Tariq Woolen out of UTSA, um, if you can get him. I've seen him ranked right around uh, you know 75. Uh, if you can get him anywhere in that neighborhood, my God, what a ball of clay you've got here. Yeah, he is very unique, a dynamic player. I would be okay with him at Denver as well. We also got Zion McCollum, another freak athlete. There are some good cornerbacks in this draft class that uh, we shouldn't be sleeping on. I also really like uh, Alante Taylor from uh, Tennessee. Um, really good player. I think he's got some safety versatility as well. I know that Ch- uh, Chad Reuter had Joshua Williams, another lengthy cornerback from Fayetteville state going to Denver. Uh, he's 6'2", 200 with a four, five, four forty, and 33 inch arm length for the cornerback position, which is pretty insane. <laughs> pretty, pretty awesome to see that a couple other guys to keep an eye on at the, the cornerback position. Uh, Damari Mathis is an interesting one. He's kind of been slept on. He ran a four, three, nine forty, um, has good length as well from Pittsburgh and, uh, the, oh gosh, the Alabama kid, um, whose name is escaping me Jaylen right now. Armor Davis. Yes, uh, another one to keep an eye on. So some good cornerbacks. It would be shocking if the Broncos didn't bring in somebody at the cornerback position in this draft because they need depth. And it's also about probably finding a you, you want to be trying to find somebody that gives you the ability to move on from Ronald Darby after this season. Because I think moving on from Ronald Darby after the 2022 season can save you 10 to 14 million 
And with Russell Wilson's impending contract, um, having options there, I think, is a, a good idea. Um, he didn't talking about, you know, as a kick returner, said no need to return kicks with Russ. Just take it at the 25. I'm, I'm just about ready to do away with kickoffs, period. Uh, I've said that before. I mean, it is one of the most exciting plays, but it's gone now. I mean, it's it's like shooting free throws or an extra point. It's everybody's kicking it out of the back of the end zone. You're starting at the 25. Let's just save the time and, and the injury factor. Let's just put the thing on the 25 and go to work. I don't know. I mean, there's competitive reasons why I love the kickoffs. It's fun. It is. But there's also, they, they're trying to do away with it for injury reasons anyway. So let's just do away with it instead of just seeing how many times a guy can kick it out of the back of the end zone. Um, there we go. There's there's my uh, there's my get off my lawn moment. That's actually not old school, though. Old school would be saying, move it back to the 20, make them kick it off and run down there at 25 miles an hour each direction to see how many concussions we can get. Um. No, I'm I'm done with it. Like I said, what they used to do though is score commercial, kickoff, touchback, commercial, and go back. And it was just miserable. Now at least they're not going to commercial after every single touchback. Yeah. No, it's but you know, short the game. Let's let's just take it on the 25. Yeah. Take it on the 25. Well, Scott, uh, before we wrap it on up here, any final thoughts on Trey McBride at pick 64? And if anybody has any last minute super chats to close us out as well, this, this is, this is your call. This is your chance. Uh, but He's thoughts a good player. Trey McBride is a good player. He would be a good player in Denver. There are other options that are going to be available. I would rather go than Trey McBride at 64. Uh, but it's a player I could get behind again. Y'all have heard me say it a hundred times. It's not the guys you miss that, kill you it's the guys you take and can't play that kill you and he can play he'd be he'd be a contributor he'd be a contributor early and often and he would be a reliable target absolutely i just feel like with him being sixth or seventh in the pecking order down the line with already so many good weapons at the skill positions for the denver broncos that i think denver would be better off going in a different direction than trey mcbride tight end colorado state at 64 yeah absolutely that's a good one and let's play a little game of uh this or that I'm going to throw out some names to you and you say, would you rather the Broncos take them at 64 or Trey McBride? Um, first one, Perry on Winfrey, uh, defensive lineman. Perry on Winfrey. Rather have Perry on Winfrey. Next one, uh, Kenneth Walker running back Michigan state. I don't know as much about him. Honestly, I haven't seen him as much. Uh, if he is as good as a first round caliber running back is, I haven't devalued the running back position. I'm old enough to still appreciate him uh, a little bit more knowing what a good one is worth right? Javante Williams. Um, it's kind of like I say about uh, linebackers like, yeah, they're easy to find, but if you've got one, that's a game changer, you know, it. it is, it's a difference. So if he can be that guy, I'd rather have a stud running back than a, maybe an okay, could slip into the third round tight end. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you get a chance, uh, watch him, watch Michigan state versus Michigan. He almost single handed. I mean, he, pretty much did single-handedly win that game it's mm. he's uh <laughs> he's pretty freaking fun um also you know that he's only 215 pounds 210 pounds but he's also 5'9 so that's the body type is makes sense there um another name here for you trey mcbride or sky Moore? oh that's uh again that'd be a luxury pick of both i might go trey i might go uh trey mcbride on that one i think he'd have a better chance to see the field early but Sky Moore might be a good insurance policy for Jerry Judy next year if you decide to move him or not option him. Um, I might go Sky Moore on that one. Uh, Trey McBride or Kyler Gordon? Uh, pass. pass. 
pass on that one. Just pass on both. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know Kyler Gordon as well. Okay. Oh, I got you for sure. Um, worth watching played kind of the uh, nickel spot for Washington. Didn't test mm-hmm. it like the athlete that many people thought he would, but still, I think now we're kind of maybe underrating the fluidity there. Um, and uh, he's a really good tackler, which I value a lot for my cornerbacks. Um, Ty- I'd love uh, Terry on Winfrey playing the a defensive end in Denver, though. I think yeah. that'd be a great fit. 300 pounds, you know, arms like a like a, an eagle. I mean, he's got a seven-foot <laughs> wingspan. Was so good at the Senior Bowl. Put him in in, in at one of those uh, three, four defensive end spots. That would be, of the guys you've mentioned, he'd be my first pick. For sure. Well, next one here, just a few more. Uh, Logan Hall. No. Not, I love Logan Hall. No. <laughs> Not for you. Okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll see. Trey uh, McBride. Uh, Arnold Logan Hall got his butt whipped in 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 at the Senior Bowl, and it's a smaller sample size. Yeah. But he uh, he got whooped. Ar- Arnold Ebiketti. That's your guy. No, no. Oh, uh, Trey McBride. I'm not as high on him. Um, Ebiketti was okay at edge. Um, how did he test? I'd, I'd have to he look. Tested fine. I, I might go edge there and just take and just roll the dice on edge over tight end a few more here uh Tariq Woolen or Trey McBride I like Woolen yeah I do I do rare. I like Woolen I mean you could make him a free safety you know just read you know read or do something or at the very least shoot walk him up to the edge and rush the passer on third down you know do something I like Tariq Woolen I mean I can do something with a guy that's 6'4 205 pounds with a 42 inch vertical leap and a 4240 I can yeah. figure out a role for him to make an impact. Totally. No, I agree with you. Um, few more here. Uh, Tyler Smith, Tulsa, 20 year old Tyler Smith there, Tyler Smith. And, uh, last one I'll ask offensive you offensive tackle. I'd go offensive tackle over McBride. Again, I'm not, I don't like the McBride pick at 64 for a reason. Yeah. And he's, he's fine. Uh, last one here. want to get to Josh Pascal, uh, Josh Pascal, Pascal. I'd definitely go edge there. Okay. Well, this is a <laughs> feels like we're just totally killing Trey McBride. He's a good player. I just think that people I are. Do. It's just not a great fit. Yeah. I mean, the Broncos have a need at tight end, but is it the best return on investment given how they're going to utilize the position with Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett? I don't know. I, like I, I just know. said, if, if the news came out, if the, if the headlines hit today or, or last Friday that they just signed Albert Okawebanom, would anybody be mocking Trey McBride to the Broncos? Probably not. No. They wouldn't. So the last headline that these folks read is Noah Fant, gone. Oh, they need a tight end. Well, he's still on the board. Well, let's draft him. Well, they don't need a tight end. They don't. Yeah. They don't. Honestly, they don't. But that's the argument, too. They don't really need anything uh, with how they've set up the roster so far. uh, Jeremy, this one's easy. Alec Pierce is a stud. Man, I wish he was. He has a hard time getting for how big he is. And playing with a first round borderline first round caliber quarterback mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, what is it? The Atlantic 10 conference. You'd expect, I would expect better production than he had there. He has a hard time of if he gets a uh, square with a cornerback, he can beat them down the field, but he doesn't get there enough. I almost wonder if he's a little bit, I don't want to use the S word for soft, but there's a little bit of that there with him. That scares me. And obviously you're betting on the traits. I get that. Yeah. It's kind of similar with Christian Watson too, um, where not they tested like freak athletes. They play a lot smaller than they measured and tested, which is a little bit of a concern for me. I take Alex Pearson, Christian Watson in a heartbeat. That one, that one, I don't even have to. That would be, I would take those definitely over. Um, and, uh, you know, as Ethan says, 
neither helped the Broncos at 64. How much does Trey McBride help? That's kind of the point. How much does a, a McBride, and maybe that's who you mean. I'm, I'm thinking Pierce and, and Watson. Yeah. Um, not this year. Pierce and Watson might not help you as much this year. But over the length of their contracts, they're going to be big contributors, and mm-hmm. you're going to be glad that they're on your team. Yeah, and this this it might just be me here on this one, but uh, I like Sky Moore more, more than uh, both those both those guys. Mm-hmm. Sky Moore is one of the I think he was the leading. Uh, I think he has the biggest hands of any wide receivers in this class, and I think he also had the most yards after contact of any wide receiver in this class as well. So uh, big, big Sky Moore fan. That's my mm-hmm. dude. Um, but all right, guys. Well, <laughs> we went over fun little game of this or that. Um, but we appreciate you so much. Uh, buy or sell, Scott. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we'll keep it going here. We'll see you guys actually tomorrow on Scott's channel. If Scott wants to drop that in the chat before we get on out, because um, draft season is here. So we're going to be going live on Scott's channel Wednesday and Fridays, just trying to, you know, maximize this time period because soon we're going to be missing it. So make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Kennedy and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't got, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you're joining our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. YouTube folks, if you have a YouTube, make sure you sign in, find Mile High Huddle, so subscribe to our channel, like this show, like the channel, and share it on your social media channels. If you have any Bronco fans uh, in your life or somebody that's like, you know, let's say they, you know, they like the Broncos, but they kind of fell out of love with, uh, the Broncos quarterback issues the last few seasons, it's time to give them that, you know, that catnip again, Russell Wilson's here. Let's have some fun, bring them into the community and uh, talk some ball with us. Cause obviously the more, the merrier and a very inclusive open arms community. So Scott, what's the rest of your day looking like? How you, how you feel? I know those allergies. Uh, are we will see you. right. My right now looks like, I want to say a, a special thanks to our super chat superstars, uh, Kevin, David, and of course, Ethan who came in and then <clears throat> on the Facebook side, Phil, Mark, Wyatt coming in, uh, Jacob Foster, the silent one, uh, Phil double dipped, Mark Schrader, of course. Uh, and I think that's everybody. If I miss you, I apologize. I will make it up to you. I promise. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. We love you. Um, <laughs> we will see you tomorrow on Scott's channel. Uh, make sure you guys are checking this out. Scott, did you break your subscription number that you wanted yet? I did. It, uh, we were at like 1998 or something, and uh, we broke 2,000. So the 1,000 was the big number for January, and uh, it's my 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 YouTube channel has gone up over 2,000 already. Uh, wow. I knew the Senior Bowl was going to be big for me, and it was. And uh, I have a lot of y'all to thank for the success of that channel. So thank you very much. All right, and yep. Make sure you guys are following Scott's uh, podcast or YouTube here. You guys follow that; it'll be great. Um, does David Ajaba fall to the second or third round from Stone Cold Tim? Maybe. Uh, maybe somebody, you could see somebody maybe wanted to stash him there with uh, one of the late picks in the third round. Um, the Chiefs already kind of made a move this year. Excuse me, the first round. Sorry. Uh, Chiefs already kind of made a move that uh, said like, hey, we're going to kick back to the pack a little bit this season uh, to hopefully give ourselves more avenues for evolution in the future. Maybe that also makes them lean into taking a David Ajabo there with one of their back-to-back picks. They already have two first-rounders. We can sit on him for a year, put him on the non-football injury list, get an extra year of control because they can make him a restricted free agent. Um, I know, it's God, it's <laughs> it's a player's league, huh, Scott? No, it's it's not really that much freedom. But um, something to say, Scott, before we get on out of here? You're muted, I think. You're muted. Muted! I... All right, guys. Scott's muted. I'm sorry, I'm muted because I was I coughed. I was just That's saying okay. the monopoly just makes it unfair for the labor. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. we can 
put him on contract and not have to, you know, start his clock and all these kinds of things. You know, it's, I don't like that. I, I really don't. I want David Ajabo to have more choices and availability um, for what he would want to do. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Well, guys, we'll see you tomorrow on Scott's channel. I'm going to go fight the flurries, I guess, walking the dog. Unbelievable. Um, but we appreciate you. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Choose kindness, choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.